Life has its ups and downs. Our guests will share their story and their journey through life. They'll share the struggles they hit and how they pivot in a way to come out stronger and better than before. Growing up, we are taught there is one way of life that essentially creates our life's checkmark. You have a choice to go in any direction you desire. As you listen to our guest, you're encouraged to look at your life and the checkmark you created in your mind and readjust if needed after listening to some of the incredible stories told. This is the Life's Checkmark Podcast, and I'm your host, John Emery. I'm part of a community called the Business Leaders Network. You can check out the Business Leaders Network community and get your first month for only $37. This is a great way to test drive what we are about and to see if it's a great fit for you. Every week, we go live teaching and giving strategies to help you grow in leadership, sales, marketing, systems, processes, and finances. You can join us today by clicking in the link in the show notes. Ken, it's great to have you with me. And you surprised me. You got your son with you as well, which is awesome. So I have Ken and I have Kenny. And just to go back a little bit, Ken and I met at a BLN mixer back in September. There you go. Great. And, you know, I don't know why you go by the name Dr. Smiley yet, but, you know, maybe you can bring that up later on. But uh, we're not talking about that. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but uh, he did grab me, put, took me to the side, took a picture uh, with a card, and, and, you know, we just had a brief conversation. And then we were at the Mastermind in Florida at the beginning of November. So we were able to dive a little bit more into getting to know each other a little bit better there. So uh, we have Ken on here, and his son Kenny's going to open it up, uh, sharing some stuff that he has going on first. Okay, can you share with us what you got? Yeah, there you go. There, there, there I am. Yeah. Yes. So there was a reason for the pull aside. You thought it was because you were bald. I mean, it was definitely a big reason, but that was not the only reason. Okay. All right. <laughs> you got You have an infectious smile and great energy. That was that was the other reason. You're a good yeah. guy. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, yeah, Kenny, if you want to start with uh, what you got going on. Mm, what should I start with? I think you should start with. Uh, I, I think you should. Got- yeah, that's a good My first book. Um, where's my first book? Okay. Um, I'm missing my first book right now, but my um my is it could I go get it? Yeah, go get it. I'll, I'll cover for you. So he wears an Orioles hat, uh, as you can see, and he wasn't even an Oriole fan. He just loves that hat. He wore it every single well, no, he's officially an Oriole fan now, but when you started wearing it, you weren't an Oriole And so we we contacted the Orioles. We're still waiting for them to contact him. I hear you. Um, my first book is right here. It's Little Me, um, eating a lollipop, laughing, and um, it's a joke book I wrote. Um, I made jokes. I looked some jokes up. Yeah, that's when I had my hair short. But um, good. You want to tell a joke? Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, the first one I ever did. You, yeah, that's a good okay, way. The first it? one I ever did was this one. Why did the buffalo? What did the buffalo? What did the father buffalo say to his son when he was leaving from school? I don't know. Um, bison. Bison. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, and he has all kinds of great jokes. I I always love telling this joke on stage. May I tell it or do you want to? So so when I was five. This is a five-year-old joke. And okay. It doesn't make sense. All right. Why did the man take a bath 
Answer. Because <laughs> he, he was dirty? Close, because he was a stinky poo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a little twist there. Got a little extra mustard yeah. there. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm God. actually, one of the other ones is, what did Eeyore say to Winnie the Pooh? Good. <clears throat> Don't know. Want to have a ride? I mean, those are good. Those are <laughs> good originals. It. Why not? You know? Yeah, he was too when he wrote that joke. So he Don't bother me, right? But <laughs> why did the wabbit, a wabbit, clearly wabbit, cross the road? Why did the wabbit cross the road? I, I don't know. Go ahead. Because he was stuck to the car of the wheel. And, and this, this is an original. These are original Kennys here. So, oh, my goodness. So he went on to uh, do other books, but, you know, um, there's because it's close to Christmas, you know, uh-huh. possibly. I don't know if you're hearing this next uh, summer, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, any anyone that uh, wants to buy his books will honor the Black Friday special that we're doing. Um, so you want to hold these books up and kind of well, hold these up. He can kind of show all the books. He's done twelve books. Twelve books, okay. Yeah, you can you can you can flip through them. Just flip through and say what each one is, and you can okay. get, get closer. Go ahead, buddy. So there's. I'll hold it. Um, they're the joke book, riddle book, science book, um, general knowledge book, trivia book, uh, um, a fact about America. What happened in that one? What'd you get for that one? Oh yeah, a letter from President Biden. Nice. And uh, my first graphic novel of uh me fighting phobias. Yeah, we should show how cool the graphic novel is. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, just like a comic. Yeah. And he's not allowed to do a book unless he knows the information in it. So he has to actually know half the information. Oh, this is that, that's two Oh, and by the way, the general knowledge, just so we're clear, I want you to I want you to at least get a taste of what the commitment is here. So I wouldn't even let him do this book before he learned this mantra. Okay. And this mantra is about not making excuses. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned about life is had my dad taught me this specific thing, he taught me a lot of great things, but had I learned this specific thing, I would have probably accelerated my success quite a bit more. So this is called the bottom line. And I'm just going to, we're not going to take the full two minutes that he takes to read this thing or to say it, but I'm not hold. I'm not holding it open for him. Go ahead. Kenny. Okay. Face, La- loud, please. Face it. Nobody owes you a living. What you achieve or fail to achieve in your lifetime is directly related to what you do or fail to do. No one chooses his parents or childhood, but you can choose your own directions. Um, um, winners make life. Tra- I'm just- oh yeah, everyone has obstacles. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has the obstacles to overcome. To overcome, but that too is relative to each individual. Nothing is carved in stone. Um, winners take life. Um, the winners. <laughs> I think it's ex- uh, yeah, excuses are for losers. Those that take responsibility for their of a, 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 a life are. Uh, are the real winners? Are the real winners in life? So it's the real, uh, yeah. The actions of the real winners in life. Yeah. And then um, the win- winners take life challenges head on, knowing there are no guarantees and give it all they got. Um, and knowing it's never too late or too early to begin. And uh, time plays no favorites and will pass whenever you act or not. Take control of your life. Dare to dream. Take risks. If you aren't um willing to, aren't if you aren't willing to compete for your goals, don't expect others to believe in yourself. Now I let him do the whole thing because he was stumbling a little bit, but he he. If he practices it one or twice, he, he's good. But he knows the geography. He knows the flags. If you point to 100 flags, he'll get 50 of them. If you point to 200 flags, he'll get 100 of them. He, he knows 50% of the material in here. Uh, periodic table, just give a couple. 
All right. Okay, cool. And he knows sign language. You do sign language every morning. So my point is he's not just doing books. He's learning material and he, he's mastering it. And this is kind of an exciting book because it was his 10th book and AI baby. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah. I think you shared some of this, right? Yeah. Yes. That's cool. This trip to Machu Picchu, which he's getting into potentially doing adventure stories of going to different places in the what world. Mistake was this. Well, we don't need to. Shh, don't. don't worry. We already edited it. Oh, the early one. Oh, boy. John, do you see the fear in my eyes when that happened? So, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Kenny wrote a 10,000 page book about his okay. experience. And actually, you want to share your quote? Please. Uh, the quote is. My favorite day is tomorrow because I'm alive to enjoy it. Awesome. So he, he wrote his very first quote, and uh, I Googled it. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, actually, I, I get to celebrate another day I'm alive. You wrote a different. Oh, I wrote. Oh, so I wrote. <laughs> Man, I'm getting nailed today. So he wrote all these things about um, my thoughts are in art, um, my philosophy are in commitment, why I love cupcakes and donuts. I mean, that's an important <laughs> chapter. Uh, how I create happiness, all this stuff. So I want to just say that I'm very proud of my son. And I want to thank you, John, for allowing what I would consider the biggest part of my story to be part of the beginning of this episode. And you're just such a, a wonderful person to create a podcast that's digging deep into creating the pathway of why people become happy. And I'll leave, I'll leave the segue of my son departing and us having our conversation with Gandhi had a quote. He's had many, many quotes, of course, but the one that resonates the highest with me with regard to my son and this, this show is happiness is when what you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. And I am living that quote at the highest level I've ever lived. Not just a quote, but the harmonious aspect of what it is to be in integrity with what you want to do with your life. So proud of you, Kenny. You're yeah. awesome. And he is going to be in this new book called The Art of Connections. Who, who are you thanking for being in The Art of Connections? Natalie McQueen. Natalie McQueen. And that's an easy one right here. So they both are letting him in as the only uh, non-adult. Can and you say that again? Because it was kind of... at the door. <laughs> so it's three... Was... Go ahead, John. Who are the people again? Uh, Natalie McQueen and Robert W. Jones. He picks different people. Okay. Apparently, I, I might be the prized Art of Connections uh, series for 2025. So he does all 2024. He builds the book and he releases. So I'm going to be in and Kenny will be in for the 2024 edition, which was built this whole year. So it's 365 people to know. But what's kind of cool about it is you open up a given page and it has uh, the date, July 18th. Well, let's let's see what November 24th. First, even though it's not November 21st because we're not playing the show on that day. Um, <laughs> uh, so that happens to be Justin James, who's the winner. And he says, to build and grow your business, you need to work out, work on your business, not in your business. So good quote. And yeah. so each has the thoughts, how to reach them, and what questions you should be asking yourself that day. Yeah. Kind of cool. And cool. Uh, Kenny worked on this, and uh, Natalie, who's the publisher of this, said, uh, I have to do, I uh, have a page I have to do. And it's the last page we're doing the book. I said, are you kidding me? You're telling me this while well, my son's here? Okay, can he do it? So he just wrote it today. It was about an hour of work. And he 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 doesn't do anything with asking me, how do you do it? He just, he cranks it out. So the good news is as an author, I don't have to hold his hand to do this anymore. He, he created this book in 10 days with zero help for me. Zero. 
Okay. I keep fibbing. I'm not purposely fibbing on the show, John. It was 11 days, not 10. Am I still going to be allowed to be on the show even though I fibbed? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so anyone that gets the color version, which Kenny did not approve this, but I wanted to have two options. They can actually get all his books absolutely for free by paying a whopping $10 more. They can download all the books. And, they, and oh yeah, yeah, the back. This is Kenny's front of his book and this is the back. Uh, and okay. this is my version of Kenny's book with only adding the color books and my version of uh, different back. So it's just changed. because I think that a, a lesson you could teach your listeners is when you do a book, the question is, do you want to buy it or not? That's yes or no. And yes means you get a book sale. No means you don't get a book sale. When you do two versions of book, you say, would you like this version or would you like this version? Which one do you want? And it's always a book sale. And then so you, they, have, you have two they, available for them. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't buy a book, of course, Kenny punches them really hard in the gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. With that smile, who, who's going to turn that down? You know, you know, he, he how many, how much popcorn did you sell for the Boy Scouts? Uh, I don't remember. Seven days. Seven thousand. Yeah, seven thousand. Yeah, he sold yeah, seven. seven. Yeah, seven thousand dollars in popcorn. He was the number That's one. That's awesome. Number Good for one. you. At a two point two million, he was in the top four hundred ish. Um, awesome. And last year he sold 9,000. So as cute as this kid is. 9,000, 8,000. Uh, ah, see? Eight, <laughs> isn't that crazy that 1,000 makes that big of a difference? Technically, <laughs> yes. 7,000. <laughs> okay. Well, this book right here, you're going to have to buy this book. This is the book that John's in. And this is my good friend, J.R. Spear. And the reason we're on the show is because this man had a vision of Business Leaders Network. When I'm not wearing this, I have the tattoo of it. And, I do. Uh, okay. Right there on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Go upstairs, eat your dinner. I'll be up as soon as possible, right? Love you. <laughs> That's cute. Awesome. Well, he, has, he has his partner in crime to show. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. The cat. That's Yeah, that's that's Lily. And Lily's else, but he these cats don't mind whatever he does to them, and it's scary sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. All right. Awesome. So, oh, and uh, he was wearing these glasses. Uh, I'm going to be in Canada for a jazz conference and we have to do Mo Mondays. Mo Mondays. And that's going to be something to Google because Mo Mondays is like a TED Talk. So no matter when you see the show, you should always Google Mo Mondays. All right. In Canada? Is that is that only in Canada? Or? It's everywhere, actually. I'm going to a Canada version. So TED Talks are everywhere, just like Mo Mondays are. Right. I'll have to recommend you to it. Uh, you know, Jose uh, Escobar? Yes. He's going to be yes. at Mo Mondays. I'm going to be at. Uh, okay Canada. oh cool some other wonderful people too we need to have you up there i mean you are a you're a mo monday kind of guy i i was just it you know it's just so funny you know and, and i know this is for the podcast and everything but i was just like you know i have to go to canada sometime i've had like six or seven guests already from canada probably different parts of it that you know i i almost like feel compelled just to go there and and meet these people in person um one person did write a book based on uh, quitting drinking. Really? You know, he did, yeah, he did. He did it for what the um, dry was it dry some some dry month or whatever January. I guess people do it for thirty days, and and he yeah. kept he kept he kept going. You know what I mean? And now he doesn't drink. I guess it's been for a long time now. But I'll tell you uh, the book. Um, I read it, and it's a tough book to get through. It's it's about eight hundred pages, eight eight hundred and ten pages long, and it and it and like. By page like 30, he says, I didn't drink today. And then you turn yeah. the page, he goes, didn't drink today either. And so every page, 
starts becoming a little predictable. Uh, I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's well, it's, yeah, it's just the next day, right? Just keep on. The next exactly. And, 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 I, and I want to say that, uh, we don't, I don't have this handy, but these keep smiling cards that, mm -hmm. uh, in the back that John held and we all are holding. It's about honoring people that actually bring smiles to the world. This is the new one coming out for Rhode Island that we're going out to meet 250 authors from Rhode Island. So fun stuff there. Um, cool. Let's see. All, all these, but the point is we have a Canadian version. Oh. We have, we have Keith smiling, eh? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Awesome. So you're, work, you're working on a book. Yes, I, I believe I am. So we'll make it, we'll make it happen. Good, good. So yeah. what, what questions are we moving? What is our pathway now? Cause we can't just talk about this thin book called the 10 mistakes you make when you write mistake. <laughs> and by the way, AI free, AI free. <laughs> and it, it was humans content for humans. So right. that's awesome. Can I, can I share a testimonial from this? this is really amazing. Yes, you may. Yep. Uh, this is Jim, the Jim, this is Jim, the Jimster Smith. I mean, he wrote it. So, you know, he did this. It says okay. biggest mistake I ever made was not reading this book before doing my mistake book. I mean, what a, what a testimonial. That's great. <laughs> you, know, you can look up Jim, the Jimster Smith, and you know, that's a real guy. Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure I do that now. Now you have me looking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, Ken, I, I don't know much about you besides you are a publisher and, you know, I don't know how you got to being where you are and who you are today. You know, if you could just tell me and everybody listening, like, how this all start, you know, like, what what got you motivated to do books and help people publish books and, and get their word out there? Well, first of all, I think this is very personal. I didn't know this was this deep in this uh, conversation. So I feel a little uncomfortable out of the gate. I thought this was going to be, are you a dad or are you not a dad? I thought that was the premise of this I show. I think we settled that in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's a sad story and a, and, a, and a happy story at the same time. Um, I was a DJ for a considerable part of my life, over three decades, and I'd never thought it was going to change. I, I mean, I want to be a professional soccer player in Germany. Soccer wasn't big in the U.S., so... I adopted other things and one of them was music. I just got deep into music and I started getting hired to be a DJ. They'd say, Hey, um, well, I shouldn't say hired. I got to go to parties and I had to bring my music and my equipment. Mm. <laughs> That's called working for free. But in 2005, my mom got diagnosed with uh, dementia and I, I made a very easy decision that uh, I, I wanted to be, I want to take care of her. And so my dad decided he would take a sabbatical from his government job and take care of his wife. It was kind of a notebook situation, quite frankly. They met at age 16. They'd been together their entire life. And when I saw him doing this, I said, I don't want my dad to do this alone. And I kind of looked at it like that smile card. When I hand the smile card to someone to, to smile, I'm actually honoring them for bringing positivity to the world. So I wanted to honor my mom by taking care of her like she took care of me. I want to honor my dad for putting up with me. I mean, I was, a, I was a, a hellion, honestly, as a child. And so three-year journey. I didn't know it was going to be that long. Remember the pandemic? It was like, it's going to be three months or it's going to be six months. It's going to be another six months. And it would never end it. It was like two years. So had I known it was going to be three years of taking care of my mom, don't know if the answer would have been the same. Like I got it. I want to do this, but I, every time it, it just got better and better caring for my mom and getting closer to my dad. And so the big thing was I, I, I got really religious. I got, and I, I should say spiritual more. And then that I, chose God and I chose to really find out what he wanted to do with my life, how I could serve. And 
the big thing that was coming very forefront to me was that I was, I was supposed to not let happen what was happening to my mom and all these other people I love that they were leaving this, this earth without downloading their heart and their mind. They, they're not, they weren't telling their story. They weren't telling the people they love how much they love them. They weren't sharing their secrets of, of how they became this amazing person. And so I realized I knew nothing about my mom. I knew she was wonderful. I knew her occupation. I knew she cared about me. I knew she was number one fan, but nothing else. So I committed that uh, on her deathbed that I would write a book and that I promised myself for 20 years, I was going to write a book. Never did. So I wrote a networking book of all things. I mean, it was like the perfect book for BLN, believe it or not. And it was a catastrophe. I, I lost over $20,000 and I kind of looked up at God kind of feeling like clenched fists saying, what the heck is this joke? I mean, I just put three years of what I believe was listening to what I'm supposed to do in life. And here I get this big financial credit card debt and took me a little while to process, not, not too long, but about a week to say, you know what, if I really want to do a book, then I got to do it again. And so I redid the book, drop another four or 5,000, nothing like 20 again, but I redid it the right way. And the reason it was wrong is because I didn't have guidance. I didn't have people that really knew what they were doing to make the book. And so my dad, who was a speechwriter and a very gifted uh, curator, he, he wasn't available because of my mom. My mom wasn't available. She passed. So I wasn't going to go to my dad and say, hey, dad, I want to write a book. Can you help me? I mean, he was, in, he was trying to get back in the, into life. So I did the book a second time. And it wasn't that it was a huge success, but over roughly a five-year period, I sold all 8,000. I sold $8,000 worth of books. And I had all these people ask me, how are you doing this? I helped them for free. Next thing I know, John, um, I'm scratching my head saying, I'm actually pretty good at this. I'm doing something most people don't seem to know how to do. There's, I don't know if it's Googleable, but it seems like 99% of people that do a book never do a second book. 99% of people that do a book, if you ask them for an accounting of their book, they're too embarrassed to share what that accounting was, meaning they dropped 10, got 1,000, dropped 20, got 1,000, dropped 30, got 1,000, but you don't make a lot of money on books. So someone like J.R. Spear means a lot to me because he's someone that knows a book is a tool and a book is a business card. And to go deeper with what I think a book is, a book is a pathway into someone else's heart to inspire them that you are the real deal, that you care about what you do, that you're passionate about what you do. And I just lit up at that point. Like I want to publish books, not to publish books. I want to publish books to impact the world. I want to publish books to cause a book to do the work of a person to tell their inspiring story, to wake people up that there's some really good people in the world. So that's the long answer to that. But I mean, I'm telling you that... I'm never tired and I do very, very long days publishing. I don't call it publishing. I call it campaigning. Like I believe in the people I publish. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a great answer. I mean, that you shared who you are today going through your journey. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So you're helping all these people. Do they, do they find you in other ways besides me running into you at networking groups? Well, <laughs> I would say that you, you are half of the, the finding. Okay. Yeah. Because the filter is I get into events that people trust me. And the other half is people like you after they experience doing a book with me, they say that was a success. I want to do another book. And then someone says, man, your book's actually doing pretty good. You know, what's the deal? And you, and then they say, go talk to Dr. Smiley or go talk to Ken, but I'm, I am mostly referred. It's usually referral based. And 
we are getting more referrals than we can handle. So someone like J.R. Spear, again, has been instrumental in helping automate our company and scale our company. And although we got a little ways to go, um, I was just thinking today, and again, I know this is a green show, but today being today, that a year ago, I don't think I was doing one third or one fourth what I'm doing right now. And, and it's exciting. It's, it's, uh, someone asked me today how I feel. And I said, overwhelmed. And they asked me, are you, is that good or bad? And I said, it's actually bad. I'm not, I don't like being overwhelmed. I like being at peace. And so JR has reduced what I would call a ruined reputation and quadruple overwhelm, you know? Oh, look at that thumbs up, that thumbs up there. <laughs> so um, he only makes it better because he sees strategy as a win. You can do it. Oh my gosh, you got a dog crawling out of your arm. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's not Photoshop. I, I thought you were, I thought that was someone behind you moving a dog with a little paper. No, it's just rain. It's just my dog rain walking around. <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel, I feel like it's your little, you know, get me back for bringing my key into this. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. Hey, you know, I want to say something to your audience. Uh, yeah. I want to say that the coolest person you can meet is someone that can't get phased by a surprise that things could be better because you've done a lot of shows. I mean, you've done over 50 shows yeah. and I don't think you've ever had someone bring their kid on and their son. And, and I don't think you've ever met a son that has, is carries himself almost like a, I mean, he corrected me like six times at least, right? <laughs> yes, he did. I think he got you <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. And, and I mean, my new things too, like it was $5. No daddy. you said <laughs> And it's funny, but um, you you took it in stride. Like we went on air live a minute later. And yeah. I just, I want to commend you that that's the kind of person Perfect Publishing wants to work with because to be attached to what a book will do, you will fail. To be committed to what a book will do, sky's the limit. Yeah. My favorite story is actually JR. I, I've, I've served over 700 authors, but JR is my very favorite story because his... His ticket is a big ticket. It's called a big ticket, right? When you're in business and that one ticket, you sell it and you're good for the month kind of thing, right? <clears throat> JR was sitting on his book for three years. And I just was like, why? Why are you sitting on a book like this? This seems like something that you're passionate about. And he says, I am. He's, I said, what do you got to do to finish it? He says, it's like three chapters. And I said, well, what would that take you? He says, well, if I put my mind to it, probably three weeks. I said, yeah, you're right. Probably three weeks. We had this big event. Um, and the guys in this book too, there's some really amazing people in this book. I can't emphasize enough that you should, uh, call and get this book for free. Tyler Cerny. He had the, this event ec epic growth conference. He had, uh, Damon John there. And <clears throat> he said, what should I do? Ken? I said, finish your freaking book and get it to me so I can print it. And we can have the books for the event. He must've given out about 150 of these books. And from what I understand out of 150, he had at least 10 conversations. And from the 10 conversations, he had four big ticket sales. Wow. And I'm not saying the book caused the sales. I'm saying the books cultivated the sales. They made the sales easier. They made the sales more confident. They made the filter of who really wants to work with JR as someone's inspired by what he's saying. So I, I, I say when you have a book that really edifies you, and there's two things people buy, and it's not no like, and trust, which is three things. It's not know, like, and trust. Because to pe everybody you bought from, you know, like, and trust. Everyone you bought from, you also will find out that they eat, drink, and poo, right? Every single person you've ever bought from, they eat, drink, and poo. So if you said, 
we only do business with people that eat, drink, and poo, you'd be telling the truth. But it's a funny joke because that's what we say when we say uh, no like, and trust. But do we really do business with all people we know, like, and trust? We do business with people we know, like, and trust. We don't do business with all people we know, like, and trust. Do you know what the difference is? About 99%. 99% of the people that you know, like, and trust, you don't do business with. And the reason for that is called Facebook. There's something called 5,000 friends. And you do business with five of them. You do business with 10 of them. But you're not doing business with even 500 of them, not even 100. And why is that? Because no like, and trust is honestly the given. It is the given. I know I like, can trust you, John. But the reason I do business with you is I'm inspired by you. The reason I'd spend time with you that's valuable to me is I'm inspired by you. So that is actually one of the variables. The other variable is social proof is that if you Google the person, they're the real deal. Now, there's another thing that can substitute social proof, which is still social proof, is that someone like JR says, I love John, or John's in BLN, he's a fantastic guy, or just having a conversation, and the more you get to know the person, you see the person's a real deal. So those are the two variables of why we do business with people. And I think a book is a real good way to show those two variables. First of all, if you have the book and it tells the inspirational story about JR. And then secondly, it has all the accolades of all the big people that have worked with him. And Michelle Mraz is one of the people who worked with him, but you start seeing all the people that edify that person. That's social proof. So do you know the difference between um, buying from someone who's inspirational? That's the real deal. And someone that's inspirational. That's not the real deal. Do you know what the difference is? Okay. They're missing the social proof. It's that simple. The person that you buy that is the real deal, if you Google them, you'll see they're the real deal. There's no doubt about it. The people that buy from someone that they don't vet, they just didn't Google them. They bought mm. just their heart. They bought on their, their emotions. And there is a lot of tactics for selling people on their emotions. It's not, I don't think it's cool. You got to sell people on what you're going to do for them. In fact, sales is not a transaction. Sales is a relationship. Sales is solving problems so good that the person comes back to you and say, solve another problem of mine, solve another problem of mine. And every time they say that, they say a bigger hunk of money, not a problem because that problem you solved me last time made me money, saved me money, saved me time, made me time, right? Yeah. So that's, what, that's why I do this publishing because I get to choose that I believe in someone and I can actually amplify their goodness. As corny as that is, that is the distinction and difference maker whether they're going to be successful in an accelerated rate called a tipping point. And that, 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 my friend, is actually what juices me no matter how when I wake up. And by the way, I wake up at 2 a.m. most days, most days. I cannot wait to start doing this work because it's not work. It's, and it's not play, but it's, it's, it's purpose. And it's definitely passion. Yeah. I, I've been waking up at 4, and I think you were gone out of that, out of that building before I was even up, <laughs> you know what I mean, when you left that day. But uh, <clears throat> no, that's – I'm glad you shared all that. So <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. So to flip it a little well, bit, I get but, choked up too about that, John. Yeah, you you know, I I you know, I know. <laughs> it's touching. No, it, it was no, I it makes complete sense. And to flip it a little bit with the podcast, like I you probably don't know this, but I just aired today about my father because he passed away like 20 some years ago, or whatever. But I I shared a story, you know, something I remember, a lesson I remember as a child with him or in my 20s or whatever, I think. But to me, that's the source I have right now that my kids can listen, watch, and touch sometime, right? You know, wh whether it's tomorrow or 20 years from now, who knows? 
right? So having that the, book. What was the lesson? For me, um, I shared the, I shared two actually. He actually had a, he had a bar with his mom, my grandmother. And when they inherited the bar, there was a garage in the back and, and there was a veteran that lived in the garage. So they kept this guy there. His name was, we called him Stash. And they kept him there. Um, and he just helped out around the bar, lived it. They wound up putting him up in a room above the bar eventually. And unfortunately he passed away. You know, he was, he was an older gentleman at the time. And when I was a kid, but he passed away and he had no family. And I think he had a sister far away and they never stayed in touch for whatever reason. So I shared how he, how he was caring and open where they, they let everybody in the bar, whoever knew him to come to the bar as a ceremony um, that's where they held it. Pastor came and everything. And I still have the article from the newspaper that, you know, it was different, but it was uh, a blessing as well that somebody would open. What was the up. lesson though? Tell me the lesson. The lesson was that he was, he was caring. He was opening up his, his arms, his bar, his house or whatever you, you could call it. Right. To let other individuals come in <clears throat> to celebrate the life of this guy that, you know, fought for our country, did all this stuff and had unfortunately had nobody around that was there to you know come together as as his family you know so it it was the friends the people that he knew closest to him at that time i guess that i would consider them family well I, um, i've never said this on the air before and it is um it's complimentary to what you just said about a veteran mm -hmm. so uh we celebrated veterans day at um and uh we went there this person was driving out of the parking lot for Mission Barbecue, which they give free sandwiches to anybody who, who served. And the person's at the intersection, and it's not a stoplight, and it's not a stop sign. It's just yield. And the person's stuck there. And I'm seeing opportunities for them to hop out, and they're not doing it. And my son says, honk the horn. And I said, no, I'm not honking the horn. And my son says, why aren't you honking the horn? And I said, because he served. He came from that parking lot, so he served. And I'm not going to honk at someone who served our country. The pile of cars behind us, I was only the first car behind him. There was, when I looked back in my mirror, it was getting to be nine or 10, and all of a sudden, all the, all the uh, horns were going. And I turned to my son, I said, you know, I'm not honking my horn, even though everyone else is. And he says, why? I said, because they're doing it for me, and I don't need to break my rule about I'm not honking the horn at the veteran. He finally got out or she got out. By the way, I don't know who it was and I didn't care, but it led me today to actually adopt the fact I'm not honking the horn on anybody because you don't know what kind of day they're having. You don't know who, you don't know how they serve this country. You don't know how they serve their family. And honk a horn is basically saying, I'm impatient, expletives, okay, move along. And it's, it's not really the right way to be. So my key smiling movement is going to, and I'm actually saying this for the very first time ever on the air. My key smiling is about being patient, having grace, and letting other people just have their time to do what they need to do safely. I like it. Yeah. My dad uh, taught me some amazing things. And the main thing he taught me was that your character is your only asset. And that's the one thing I, I drilled in my son at age three. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this at the level I'm going to share with you, but I'll just say that I'm not going to make it long-winded. I'm just going to say that your dad was obviously very important to you for you to have that big conversation today. And I'm just going to say that when my son lied to me for the very first time, it was just a lie. He was using his iPad 
he didn't have permission to use his iPad. And we had a rule. You don't grab your iPad and just start playing on it. You need to, and there's only three. And you would think that he was a Marine and that he had just broken a major violation at West Point or something like that. Cause I tore into him verbally, verbally. And he was crying and everything. And in my mind, I said, I'm going to tear into him so hard about this lie that he'll never do it again. He never has lied again. Never. It was the best decision I ever made. It was a hard decision. I made a decision I'd never hit him. And I made a decision that I would commit that day. I would never lie to him. Cause I, when you tell someone not never lie to you, you have to actually pony up that too. So I said to Kenny, I'm going to commit to you. You never have to wonder if I lie to you. I will never lie to you. That's yeah. a good story too. I appreciate you sharing that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because you're a good guy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, that's it, it actually is. You're getting the best of me because I believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Ken, I, yeah. So there was one, there was one more thing I, I quickly, I shared too, was he had a, he had a, uh, a drinking problem and there could have been other substance, stubs, substances, which I was told, but I don't really know. Oh, like um, ice cubes. Yeah. Yeah. Like ice cubes. <laughs> I, I know you gotta watch out for that, man. Because if they don't get it in your mouth, they just go all over the place, right? <laughs> you got to pick them all up and they keep sliding. Them. Anyways, not, yeah. So, uh, but there was a moment where he was on the, I called it a deck, but it was, it was a back porch and, you know, he was just caught up in the wrong crowd. He was around the people that was from the bar all the time, you know, and <laughs> I said something to him and, you know, I'm like, look, you have to change because, uh, you know, I want you around for when I have my kids. I want you to see your grandchildren. You know what I mean? And I don't, that was it. I didn't really push it. I didn't go further than that. It was his choice. If you wanted to change and find somebody else or whatever, you know, um, that was it. And, you know, unfortunately he passed away before I even have kids. So, uh, you know, that never happened. So that's a lesson. I looking back now, I see, I could have went down the wrong path doing stuff you know, with what he did. And I, I chose not to. And I, I decided you probably don't know this. I decided to stop drinking last year. Um, I do know it. Which, okay. Which has no, which, you know, I don't consider myself a hard drinker or anything. You had those moments or whatever, but I did stop doing that just because I want to be me. So when I run into somebody in life, it's, they're getting me right. No, nothing that's changing me. Um, yeah. So that, that was the other part of it, but you know, you can listen. To, you don't need to listen to it now. <laughs> I am going to listen to it now. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I know about it. You shared it with me and it was very inspiring, actually. Um, yeah. Anybody that's not taking care of their vitality and, and not taking care of the people they love, they're, they're missing out on a big opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ken, I, you know, I know uh, with your son coming on, which was awesome, you know, I'm just going to, we'll just cut right to it now and see, you know, how can people connect with you and, mm -hmm you know, get to know more about what you're doing and helping others with their books and stuff. Well, can I, can I cheat and not answer that question and give one more, like, honestly, like three more minutes. Can I take three more minutes or is that, is that? Asking oh yeah. 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 Cause I have one more, I have one question for you afterwards. So. Okay. So you do have more and more questions. So I will answer that question and, I, and then I'm going to hear the other question. And then I'm going to say if I need to do those other two or three minutes, cause there is something for your audience I want to give. Okay. So, okay. so people can reach me, uh, I, I actually give my cell phone out. It's 
zero nine one one. You know, nine one one for making a difference in someone's life. So two zero two seven zero one zero nine one one. And then I have uh, book Dr. Smiley at gmail.com. And of course, my social channels are Dr. Smiley and an IG and all that other good stuff. So thank you. All right, cool. So am I asking the question then now? You are, you are, because I, I, it, may, it may be the question. I mean, I was a DJ for a long time. Don't ever tell someone they can't make a request because they may actually ask for the request that you're actually going to play. Okay. All right. <laughs> so my, my one question then is what are three key things you've learned and used along your journey in life? That is pretty close to the question that I would probably have gone deeper in. So good job. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Right. So three things. Number one is... Don't make excuses. Mm -hmm. It's too easy to make excuses in life for why things don't work. Number two is choose to be what you're committed to. Don't get attached to what things need to look like. Just go the distance and embrace patience and persistence because everything gives at some point and you'll get a tipping point. Every one deserves their day. Everyone gets their day if they're willing to go the distance. I love the people that tell me about their overnight success. As you know, I have a podcast as well. And they say, yeah. People say I'm an overnight success. It only took me 23 years to get that overnight success. So, um, and, you know, stay true to, I mean, a lot of this stuff is going to be a little cliche and corny, but it is hundred percent true. Stay true to what makes you happy. Stay true to what makes you happy. My son makes me happy. I make sure he's a priority in my life. Um, publishing books makes me happy. Having a book make a difference in the world makes me happy. So I put a lot of time into that part. So the part I was going to say that is actually shrunk down because I was part of the answers you had is you have to do a book. Everyone has to do a book. You have something to say. You have something to download from your brain and your heart. You don't have to hire me as a publisher. You don't even have to hire a publisher. You got to do a book for the people you love. Your story is only the story you know, and it may save someone's life. So when you write your story and you write the person you love, I've never had anyone read a story that from someone they love and say, well, that was a waste of time to read. I mean, it's, it was probably one of the best and biggest things they ever read. I write a book to my son every single year. This is, uh, this is one of the early ones. Okay. And the page he actually hates the most. Uh, let me see. I haven't read this in a long time. It says <clears throat> building a legacy is our footprint on this planet that, we made a difference. This book provides a hundred life lessons that I've learned either from my father or mentors. The gift in this book is that the earlier and better you learn these lessons, the more abundant, happier, and successful you'll be. I'm not reading the other two paragraphs. I'm just reading the top paragraph. Right, right. But there's one page in my, that my, this is the drugs, ethics. Okay. okay. Every page has a lesson, integrity, intention, but the mm -hmm. page that my son hates, and he's read the whole book is the page called death. Okay. And death, Death is the page I, I started the book with. And you have to find why you're writing the book and write that page first. The second thing you have to do, or the first thing you have to do is you have to create a cover that inspires you to write a great book. So these are things I have to tell you that you didn't ask. And I have to tell you this because you won't do a book unless you're inspired to do it. And you won't do a book unless you start with why the book has to happen. So I'm going to read this. And this is pretty much my culminating thoughts for the, for the interview. <clears throat> so there's the picture. And uh, actually, I haven't read the quote very often. It says, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have an old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Mark Twain. So um, here's, the, here's the thing that my son does not like in this book or reading. 
Sunson's death is part of life. One day I won't be here. And the most important gift I will leave behind are the words in these pages. I'm writing to you because I want you to always have my words. A wise man shared with me the way you really live life is living it like it's your last year. So there are three reasons to write a book. I just gave you the biggest reason, which is for the people who love you. It may not make you any money, but it will fulfill the people who love you. And it probably will fulfill you. The number two reason to write a book is it will cause you to be a bigger person. When you author a book, you become an authority. To become an authority, you do not want to embarrass yourself. Nor, no more than my son. You could have asked him questions about America. You could have asked him questions about trivia. This book would probably humble the average adult. If I open up to one thing and read something here, um, to have your picture taken by the very first camera, you would have to sit still for eight hours. I mean, I didn't know that. And this book is loaded with things he didn't know that he learned. So it's about making yourself better at your craft. When I wrote a networking book, I became known as the perfect networker. I was the best networker because I learned everything you could learn about networking. The third reason is to expand yourself. You cannot tell a million people how great you are or what you know, but a book can. A book can get to a million people with eBooks. It can get to 10,000 people. It can double, triple, quadruple. It can expand your business beyond your dreams. If you are the best person in your business, your book can tell the world that you are. And you can build your business successfully by having people learn what you learned and duplicate yourself. So the three reasons will make your life better. But I think the best thing of all is when you leave this planet, you left a piece of you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I can see why you started with death for that book, right? Because that's what you want to leave behind. You want to leave that book available for them. I would I would say the same thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Ken, it, it's been an honor having you on. I appreciate sharing your journey in life and you know, all about the books and why you need a book and, you know, how somebody can get started. So I appreciate it. My pleasure. I, I want to say it's an honor to be on uh, an episode that's so critical that your book will um, not just include this message, but it will, may inspire or even obviously save a life because this message in this book is play big. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time listening to Life's Checkmark. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time.